Well, soon it's here. So here we go. Um, we're going we're gonna, to, I want to, to start 2016 better than I even did 2015. I want things to be different. I mean, we've had some great success in 2015, and I, I'm believing more success in 2016, not just for my family personally, but for the church and for you as well, that, that people in your neighborhood, people in your family, and where you work will be like, man, what is going on? And how did that happen? So I want us to look forward, but before we can really look forward, I want to look backward for just a second. So if you can just bear with me, I want to ask a question, and I want you to think about what I'm going to ask you. And so uh, here we go. And I hopefully this is going to set your tone for like, okay, I'm going to change this. What kind of year was last year for you spiritually? What kind of year was last year for you spiritually? Now, <laughs> that being said, I want, you know, I'm like, okay, well, what was that? Because we can generalize a lot of things, but I want you to be honest with yourself. Um, did you put God first in your life? And I want you, how, how did it go for you spiritually? I'm going to give you three categories, and I want you to think about which one you might drop in. Uh, first one, last year, if you're really honest, you'd have to say you were maybe, maybe you were spiritually apathetic. You know, I, I didn't care about God, really. I didn't care about the things that God was. I just really didn't care. Uh, and so I, I, I wasn't, I might be saved, or maybe it's been a long time. You know, I mean, you're saved, but it's just kind of like church was not, nothing was a priority that really concerned in your life, uh, religion or God or anything. And uh, it was a tough year financially, maybe. And you can have a tough year even in some of these other categories, so please don't get me wrong. Um, challenges were there, maybe new job. Maybe you had to move, um, but God was not on your priority list. This one might include a bunch of us. You've been spiritually inconsistent. You've had uh, times that you were in hot pursuit of God. In other words, man, I, oh yeah, God is really going strong in my life. But you were kind of like a bottle rocket. You'd shoot up there and whoosh, God, 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 God. And then you just kind of drain out a little bit. And then you find yourself in a low and then you pick yourself back up together and you shoot up again and and so you find yourself kind of on this teeter-totter. Uh, you know, teeter-totters were originally created when I was a kid to launch kids into the other part of the playground. And I dare you to sit on there. <laughs> you have some fat kid. <laughs> I was always the kid that jumped on the thing. You know, never mind. No. <clears throat> so anyway, um, you know, maybe you shared your faith with people and, 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 you know, there was those times where you really felt God's presence and then you just felt, man, I feel isolated now and, and you just would fizzle out. And here's our last one. You were spiritually consumed with the things of God and you were on fire. You just, I mean, for the majority of the year, you were just like, Whoa! you know, you wanted to pray over everybody and anything that didn't move. And you were constantly in the word and you were, you know, you were eating the bread of life and you were letting God speak to you and guide your heart and your life and you were living your life to please him. Now, I'm just going to be honest. If we were honest and we we're looking at that somewhere in those first two categories, if that would be you, could you say, yeah, I was kind of I was good. But, you know, I think we could all and we could we could look around and go, yep, yep, yep. And I'm not going to ask everybody to raise their hand. Somebody, oh, no, I was the real spiritual one. All the people around me were demons, but I stayed strong. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we want to honor God. The Bible says this, Matthew six thirty three, and I, it says this, but seek first, say that with me, seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, if you read a little bit before that, you're going to find out the things that they're talking about are things that everybody is concerned about. The things of the people, what they wear, what they eat, the stuff, and all that stuff. And God is saying, listen, I'm not against stuff, but I'm against stuff being in front of me. That's what he's talking about. So if we would just understand, God doesn't care. He wants you to have nice things. He just doesn't want nice things to have you. Things can be tools, needs, necessities. I get it. But God is saying, here's what I need. Here's what I want from you. And this is the guarantee. My wife and I said last week, we guarantee it. This kind of like we're Cajun. But if you put God first in the four areas I'm about to share with you, you will have, you will have, you will have the best year spiritually you have ever had, I promise you. Notice I didn't say your year would be perfect. Notice I didn't say you, you'd never get a sniffle. I mean, you, you gotta, you know, how many knows to just, I believe in divine health. I believe in prevention. We just speak the word and we can stay healthy and God can help us with that. But it doesn't mean that, you know, if you're doing things for God, so many Christians think I must have missed God because this is too hard. Can I say it's probably hard because you might be on track. The enemy doesn't want you to finish. So you've got to understand, this is going to be a battle. He's never going to roll over and say, go ahead, take the city. Go ahead. Keep, you know, just, I'm not even going to bother your kids anymore. Go ahead. He doesn't do that. He's going to fight. You're going to have to say, you know what? I want this year to be the best. It doesn't mean it'll be perfect. So here's number one. This will be the best year you had spiritually. Here's number one. Four areas in your life to put God first. The first of the day is prayer. First of the day is prayer. I got people that sometimes fight me on this, and you can pray whenever you want. And the Bible talks about praying, you know, consistently or, or you know, almost never stopping, not ceasing. But do you know what you do is prayer? You know, how you handle yourself and in your job and a lot of different things. And I'm not talking about just pray from your mouth, but you're praising God in everything that you do or you're not. So, you know, you, you've got to understand. So the first of the day is prayer. So I, before we even go any further, I don't want to be legalistic. If you have to go to the bathroom when you get up, go. You can go. I've got to put God first. I've got to hold it. No, please go. Please. If you want to make the coffee first, make the coffee. It's okay. You can do this. We got some amen. Yes. It's all good. I mean, you can prepare the place to seek him first. And it's, it's kind of awesome. It's kind of like your date with God. It's your agenda. I have a room that I pray in every morning. That's where I go. That's what I do. If I don't go there, it feels kind of awkward. Some mornings, a couple times, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to stay here at the table. And the whole time I'm at the table, I'm like, oh, I feel like I should be in that room. Don't make this legalistic. You can start saying, God, I just want to be with you. But do it first. And start saying, you know, and again, not, not being so crazy that, you know, I've, I've heard of stories where people are like, I can't let my feet touch the ground until I pick up my Bible and I read one verse or one word. And then, if that's what you feel, I guess, knock yourself out. But you will eventually knock yourself out. God's not doing that. He's just like, put me first. <laughs> you can devote time to him whenever. But when you put him first, you release a spiritual principle that will make the difference for you later. When God is first, I'm going to teach you in these next five weeks, we're going to talk about first fruits and why. There's people that have tithed for years 
Well, they think they've given for years, but they really haven't tithed because they haven't put God first, and I'll show you why. And that simple change brought incredible blessing in their life. It aligns you with the will of God. If you ever get up and button your shirt wrong and then walk out the door. I went to an interview one time, true story. Went to an interview, and somehow, you know, like where you can button these things, you know, here. I was supposed to button it here. Somehow I buttoned it on the I don't know, buttoned it on the wrong. And the whole time the dude's talking to me, he's looking at me, and I'm thinking, what do I, what's wrong with my face? What's, what's he doing? Why does he keep looking at me? And I ended up going to the restroom, and I'm like, duh, I'm like, duh. I felt so stupid. Okay, you know, this, this is just saying, God, I, I want to get my day right. So, you know, we're all human. Some days you get up, some days you're glad to get up. Some days, like if you're a hunter and it's, it's opening day for gun week, you're awake long before you ever said you're going to get up because you're thinking about where the deer's going to come, what the stand, what, all that stuff. If you're a lady and it's, you know, Black Friday, oh, I get a shop today. I'm just trying to help, girls. So, you know, I, I get it. I, I understand. But if we would just start putting him first. You know, I've seen my wife put God first, and, and she'll go to some place, and she'll find the exact thing she was looking for, and there's only one left. And she'll, she'll just say, God, put that here for me because I was looking for that or, you know, whatever. She, she understands when you put him first, he honors you when you put him first and you honor him. If we have been apathetic or inconsistent, it's because we didn't seek him consistently. We didn't stay the course. We just, it's too hard. God, I just can't do it today. And I, I please, I, this isn't judgment. I've been there. You've been there. I just, oh. I need a rest or I need a break. Commitment isn't always about feelings. The flesh is feelings. Your flesh will talk to you every day. Your flesh will talk to you every day. You don't need to go to church. You don't need to do this. You don't need to. You can eat 1,700 bonbons. It won't affect you. Yeah. Love them bonbons. <laughs> but you know, that's not true. You know, the, the Christian comedian Mark Lowry, he, he called his bed the word. So people would say, hey, I need you to help me. He goes, no, I can't. I'm in the word. <laughs> I thought that was great. I, I, I took off of that. We nicknamed our trash can Spot one time. So some, was one, God love them, they gave us some, uh, never mind. But whatever they gave me, they'd say, how'd you like it? I said, boy, it hit the spot. Okay, so some of you are out here going, oh, no. If he ever says that to me, I'll know. No, no, all right. But anyway, uh, Psalm 63, 1 says, Oh, God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. Mark one thirty five. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he, who are they talking about? Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Now, I want you to think with me a minute. If Jesus, the Son of God, made time to be with God first, early in the day, a priority, don't you think it might be important for you and I to do that? Rhett, you don't know I work second shift. Okay, when you first get up. I don't care what time it is in the day, but it's your first part of the day. Seek him then. Does that make sense? So it's just however you begin to say, God, I want to put you first. How does that look and what does that mean? If I took the first part of every day in prayer and I go, this is what I'm just going to give you my, I go through the Lord's prayer and I make it personal. I read the proverb for the day. 
whatever the day is, today is what, the 27th? So I would, you know, Proverbs 27 was read, and then tomorrow, Proverbs 28, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, so there you go. So you can read that, but there's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs. So there's something you could read every day. So if you have a smartphone, some of you have told me, I don't have a smartphone, I have a dumb phone. I've had other people say, it's not the phone, it's the operator. I don't know, but I'm just saying there is free apps on there called Uversion, and you can get Uversion on your smartphone, and you can get it almost in any translation. And they have a bazillion, and I mean, it seems like of any, of, you know, famous, if you like, a Joyce Meyer or whoever, or just a normal daily devotion or a 21-day devotion if you're doing a fast. I mean, all kinds of things that you can tap into. They're free, and you can look at those. What I do is I, I have several devotions on my phone. I go through those, <clears throat> read my Bible wherever the Lord tells me. Then I do a devotion with Kim a bit later, and we're not legalistic. Uh, we do that all through the week and uh, sometimes on the weekend, but, you know, depending on our schedule, but it's all through the week. That's when we usually do it. I'll go up and she's up in the sitting room. And when I come up there, then I, I ha- we have a devotion book. I pull that out and uh, we talk for a little bit. I do the devotion. The devotion takes just a few moments. I pray for her. She prays for me. And that's it. I mean, it's just not that hard. It's not rocket science. And, you know, Kim journals a lot and she has her Bible and she's got stuff out so she'll journal things the lord tells her and she'll write those down god gives her dreams and she'll write those down and so i mean she's a true woman of god she has she's a studious person and so she's got all that stuff laid out there and a lot of us are are human and we have good intentions you know we all want to do something but you know if we don't do anything we can want to do something but if we don't put our our action with it it's it doesn't help So if you fail to plan, have you heard that? Then you plan to fail. You need to get something in motion. How are you going to do this? How's 2016 going to be different? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do devotion every day. When are you going to do that? Uh, When do you normally get up? Pick a time. You might have to set your clock earlier. What devotion are you going to use? Get everything ready so you have no excuse. I'm just saying, if you put action with this, it will change you spiritually, and you have the best year you've ever had. Statistics say takes 21 days to form or start a new habit, in some cases to break an old one. So, you know, just start putting those things. Seek God first. Here's number two. We did first of the day. That was prayer. First of the week. Make church a priority. So you can worship him corporately. The Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Acts 27. On the first day of the week, when the disciples came together, broke bread, Paul ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. They had a service. They needed each other. They helped each other. They were in one accord together. Statistics say this, 48% of Americans who are churchgoers go once a month. That's a pretty sad statistic. 48% go once a month. Almost half, if you're a regular churchgoer, go to church once a month. And I, you know, I start asking myself, why is that? And don't throw anything at me. I'll stay behind this. Because the football god is out there, or the softball god, or whatever it is, uh, is out there just taking God's place. You know, one thing that we have we have programmed, not you know, and just taught our children, our children, our children. There's been jobs that they have been offered, and and my kids, and I just love my kids. They're young adults now, but they've just said, I can't. You know, I'm I'm going to need Sunday morning off because I I need to go to church. And they'd say, well, I'm sorry. And they'd say, okay, can't take the job. And the people would be like, are you crazy? But see, to them, it wasn't crazy. To them, it was actually like, no, I mean, 
you know, I'll work for you later that day. I just can't work that morning. I got to be in church. You got to understand, we, if you want different results, listen to me now. If you want different results, you've got to do something different than you've already been doing. There's a spiritual element that happens when the people of God come together. They pray together. They worship together. They're on the same page. They experience God in, in his presence together. And you will be different. And you can get what God wants you to have that day. Give us this day our daily bread. You can meet together and be like, wow, this is awesome. You need that uplifting. You need that building up of one another. So for the week, for the month, and for that year, the Bible says two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. He inhabits the praises of his people. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Can I tell you, the days are not looking so happy with ISIS and all that. We need each other. We need to build each other. We need to pray. We need to build each other up. We need to help each other bind and loose. We need to be who God wants us to be. We're adding services at TLC in the near future, and that's not because we like to work more. It's because we want to give as many people opportunities to come and find Jesus Christ. It's, if we just wanted to be busy, we can be busy. But we want to be doing his work, his kingdom work, and see what God is doing. Corporately worship God. You know, we're making it as easy as we can for you just to, whatever your schedule, eventually, you, you know, we'll live stream one day. Um, and uh, that might not be that far along, you know, that we'll be end up doing that. So we'll have l- online campuses somewhere. I, I, you know, we're just, any way we can get the word out. And some people are just having trouble because, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we've had, uh, listen to me, I need, I need you to hear my heart. We've had some people that they wanted old time, man. We, we want the two, two and a half hour services. And, you know, we just, and that's how we know it's been God. I have trouble with that. You know what? As long as you know I'm doing my work and I'm studying, I can get you in and out of here in 60, 70 minutes. Now, if I have a move of God, I'm not going to stop that. I've had people said, what if God moves in this place and, and people are, are, you know, just presence is so heavy and people are laying here, sitting there and just, oh, I said, and we'll just keep going. And we'll let the next crowd come in and the ones that can leave can leave if they want. If they want, stay put. We'll pack them in. We'll do whatever God says. We're not here to try to change God's agenda. We are just saying we are doing what we can do so that you can find Jesus and have an experience to go, you know what, I'm going to change my life. So first of the day, we'll seek him. First of the week, we'll make church a priority. Here's number three. First of the month. Now, this is just a term, but I'm just because you understand. We're going to tithe our first portion to God. So you get paid weekly. You're going to pay first of the week. When you get paid, the first check we write is our tithe check. That we write that before we write the rent check or the mortgage check or, or electric or gas or groceries or whatever, we write the tithe check. <clears throat> if you get paid biweekly, you do that whenever you get paid. Monthly, I had a job I got paid once a month. That's fun. That's how I learned how to budget. You get paid once a month, you got to figure out. If you blow it all in the first week, the rest of the time is a lean, mean season, let me tell you. But God will be honored with my first fruit. So if I get an increase of any amount, I give that first portion back to God. If I got blessed and say, you know, somehow, hey, we wanted to bless you, and I got in a Christmas card, let's say I got $25. As soon as I can, I'm going to break that $25. 250 of that, I'm going to pull it and sep- separate it, and it's going to come back to the, to the Lord. Does that make sense to you? Because that's first fruit. Now, and I'll, I'll prove it to you here in the next few weeks. That first portion redeems the rest. 
So it'll bless the rest. It's, it's amazing, and I'll show it to you in Scripture here next week. But God is doing amazing things, and so then I have blessed money, and things start happening, and God is just doing great things. So let's look quickly at the Old Testament. Leviticus 27.30, all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's, it's holy to the Lord. So when we give him, it's already his. So he's saying it's already his. We're just returning. Tithing is simply returning. You could say, well, the money's mine. It's not really. You're just returning. So we worship him by doing this. And this is probably the number one thing that's fought about in churches is about money. Because, and again, I don't have the scripture in here for you to follow because we, you know, we want to, I don't want to keep you here till three. But um, the Bible says, where your treasure lies, your heart lies also. Your heart always follows your treasure, always. It gets misquoted, where your heart lies, your treasure lies. That's now how it reads. Where your treasure lies, your heart follows. So, you know, if we put God as our treasure, our heart is to that. So that's, so many people, they tie everything to the wallet. So God is just saying, listen, this, this is a, I just want the first portion. Aren't you glad it's not the other way around? You keep 10% and give him 90. That'd be tough. Here's the New Testament, Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and, and cumin and have neglected the weightier manners of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Now, this is Jesus talking. And what he's doing, he is telling them they're, they're, they've got some things out of whack, but he's endorsing the tithe. He's saying, you, you should be doing this, but you, you need to be doing this too. People say, Brett, you want me to do that? I'm just telling you what God says. If I have to do that, that means I've got to change everything. That means I've got to mess with my budget. I've got to change everything. Yes, yes, you will. You're going to have to make some changes. And again, if you want what you've had, just keep doing what you've done. If you want something better, then you've got to do something different. You've got to priority and put him first. Well, I, I, thought, I think about it, I, and we talked about that Christmas Eve. It's the thought that counts. Thinking doesn't, you've got to put action with it. If I told my wife on her anniversary, I thought about getting you something. I want you to know I thought very fondly of that. But I didn't do it. I'll let you know how the couch feels. <laughs> It's in the doing. It's not in the thinking. It's in the, you can think it, but you know, faith without works is dead. There's a lot of people, oh, I believe in God. Can I tell you, newsflash, the devil believes in God. He knows how real he is. It's in the doing. It's a hard issue. It's part of your belief system. Tithing is not a business transaction. Most people look at it. It's a spiritual transaction. God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get things to you. It's a heart issue. So let's review. First of the day, we're going to pray. First of the week, we're going to worship. We're going to go to church. First of the month, we're going to tithe. Here's number four, and it's no fun, but we're going to be jumping into this in a week. First of the year, we're going to fast. We're going to devote time to fasting and praying and seeking God. So what is a fast? Here's a biblical term. It is a biblical principle that you deny yourself food for a spiritual purpose. Okay, if you're going to go without food for the purpose of weight loss, that's called a diet. We're talking about fast. Now, if you do fast, you, you will probably lose weight. That's just a byproduct of that. So that's good. And if, if one of your goals is, you know, Lord, I just want to, I need to break off a spirit of gluttony or I need to do, okay, that's cool. I mean, that can be part of everything that you're doing, but just get it in per perspective. 
Um, so there's different types of fast. There's a day fast. People fasted a meal. Um, you know, I'm just going to fast this meal. There's a day, there's two day, three day, seven day, 21 day, 40 day. There's some people that will fast. I'm just going to fast breakfast, you know, for the next 21 days. But you know, can I say, if it doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. If you're like, I'm going to fast breakfast and you're not a breakfast eater. I'm going to fast breakfast. What time do you get up? 10. <laughs> you know, for me, once 1030 hits, you can go through the drive through and get a sandwich. Why get breakfast? I'm just saying. Okay, but anyway, so it's got to mean something to you fast something that's going to it's going to take a sacrifice as my wife says it's going to be something that you like Lord what do you want me to do there's different kinds of fast Daniel fast you know where you're you're not eating the meats and all that you're going to be basically a vegetarian for 21 days Samuel can tell you about that to this day he's like I do not want stir fry (laughs) there's the absolute fast where um, basically you're just going to drink water or an absolute, absolute fast where you don't do anything. No water, no food. I don't recommend that. Um, especially in, in any of these, if you have any kind of health issues, ask your doctor. We're not trying to make you do something that you feel like is unsafe or anything. But um, you can fast a meal. You can fast two meals. Sometimes people, because, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I've got some diabetic problems. They, they have trouble with uh, different foods, and so they fast some different things. And uh, you just ask God. We've seen people fast media Well, I'm not going to, you know, for 21 days, I'm really not going to watch anything on television or or Facebook, you know, or, uh, you know, I'm just going to fast all of those kind of things. And uh, you'll be surprised at how hard sometimes that gets by just doing. So you got to ask yourself, fast something significant. Joel 114 says, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Some of you are not going to fast just for the church, and I'm going to fast for the church, but I'm also going to fast for some things for me, and you may have some of those things too. You might say, well, Brett, I, I, need to, I want my marriage to be better, so that's going to be part of my fast. I want my, my kids to find direction and to do what they need, so that might be part of your fast. Maybe you're in a situation that's like, this isn't good, and I need this to break. That could be part of your fast. I need more finances. That could be part of your fast. Because, it, I mean, I can tell you proof as you fast and give thanks to the Lord, you will bring blessing on your children. You will bring financial blessing on yourself and different things like that. I want to fast for unsaved loved ones. That's cool. Do that, man. That God will soften their heart. I want to fast for healing. I need healing to manifest in somebody's body, your own or somebody else's. Uh, maybe you need to break sins that have been generational curses or, or stuff that you struggle with. You need to fast and break that. Some of those come out only by prayer and fasting. Some of those you need some, man, you need, I'm putting, you know, like full force army. This is like Navy SEAL stuff. You know, I'm not going to just coast. We're going to attack this stuff. So that's what this can be. Matthew 6, 17 and 18. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face so that you do not appear uh, to men to be fasting. But your father who is in secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, I want you to notice Jesus said this when you fast. He didn't say if. I just caught that when I was doing that. I was like, when? He's expecting you to do this. When you fast. It's what believers do. Well, Brett, I don't believe. I don't believe that that's going to help me. I don't believe if I did it, it's going to change anything. Then don't do anything because this isn't for you. It's for believers. This is for believers. God, if I do this, you're according to your word. This is what you say. The Bible says a three-stranded cord is not easily broken, 30, 60, 100-fold. I believe that's prayer. I believe that's tithing and giving and fasting. 
you put all three of those together, I'm just telling you, you will see changes. Things will happen. This is what Jesus is saying in modern day terms. If you're fasting, don't walk around like this. Oh, I'm just so hungry. Oh. Wash your face. Keep yourself picked up. Clean up. Don't go around telling everybody, hey, look at me, I'm fasting. Now, corporately, everybody knows somebody's probably fasting something. But what I'm saying is, you don't go and announce it to everybody. You just do what you need to do. Corporately, we know we're seeking God for more things here at the church, for more people to get saved and God's kingdom to be great and to change this city. Sure, we're going to be doing that. And your personal stuff, you just, you know, you do what you can do. I will warn you, because you're fasting, you <laughs> When I fast, and Kim can tell you, I have more people invite me to lunch or come over with pizza. And I, you know there's the enemy. <laughs> Let's send over their pizza. You know, so I, we, you, know, you have a freezer, stick it in the freezer. Uh, you know, do whatever you need to do. And, and sometimes, you know, people think this. Well, if I tell them that I've ruined everything, I won't get any blessing. Don't be legalistic. Just don't, you know, you can sit down and just like, you know, hey, Aren't you hungry? No, I'm good right now. I'm good. And just, you know, drink some tea or drink whatever you're drinking, you know. I mean, and, and, and if they say, what are you, are you fasting? It's not, listen to me. Because this is what the, I was asked the Lord, because we used to do this. I can't tell anybody. If I tell anybody, then it's, you know, if I would, if my grandma was still alive and I told her I was fasting, she'd say, oh, all you need is more potatoes here. You know, eat a cookie. <laughs> you just, you know, if you just say, no, you know what, I'm, I'm just fasting right now, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Move on. Just keep going. You, it didn't ruin anything. You're not bringing attention to it. Change the subject. Do whatever you need to do. This is a hard issue. It's, it's, what, it's in your belief system. It's like, Lord, I want to consecrate this for you. If they know it, it's, it's all right. I didn't go and say, hey, guess what? I'm fasting. You might have people, hey, you want to go to lunch? You might say, hey, could I take a rain check? I got some other things I need to get done. You know, they don't have to know all that. And if you end up stuck in a place to, and you're going you know, to eat and you don't eat, and they ask, let them ask. I'm fasting right now. I mean, if, if that's what you have to do, it's, it's okay. Because your heart is good. Does that make sense? Thank you. Okay. There's nobody answering. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> fasting will bring focus to your year. It'll give you spiritual power, intensity. You'll understand and feel yourself to be more spiritually in tune with God. You'll hear him better. The littlest things you'll be able to pick up on that you might have missed. It'll set the tone for your year. You put God first in your day, in your week, in your month, in your year. I want this year to be the real deal. I want my children to see me, and they know. They know where I pray. They know what I do. The same person you see here is the person they see at home. I'm not different. So, I mean, I want them to go, you know what, I want, I want, you know, I'm blazing a trail. And I'm going to say that one more time. I'm blazing a trail so they can see it. Because I want them to see it so when they, they get married and they, you know, one of them already is married. And, but when the others get married, they're like, this is important. This is important. My dad devoted his life to God in this. This is something that is important. I want to see success. I want them to see success. Have they seen struggles? Life is full of struggles, but I'm telling you what, if they look around, they're like, they cannot deny the blessing of God on our life. It has just been amazing. I want them to be successful, witness to God uh, and his greatness. I want people to, uh, to win for, uh, for Jesus. I want them just to see God in me, 
because they see him working in my life. I don't want another year that's just half-hearted. I don't want another year of just mediocrity. I don't want to just exist. I don't want to just be dead up to my eyeballs. People ask me, oh, you know, I'm just in debt and I'm always going to stay in debt. Quit signing the papers. Don't go in debt anymore. You know, I want another car. We have one car, but I'm not going to go in debt for it. I say I'm just going to wait for God. I'm going to sow. I'm going to believe and I'm going to watch things happen. Well, Brett, I want my marriage to be on fire. I don't want it just to exist. Okay, what are you going to do about that? I want my kids to know. All right, what are you going to do about that? I don't want uh, just to see people suffering. I want to see God doing. Okay, then let's let's believe. Let's start being the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's start doing the things that God called us to do. Let's start being who he's called. Let's start being the anointed ones that he's put in you. Let's start declaring the things of God. When the enemy comes in, let's start saying, you better back off. Let's start taking the ground. Let's start saying, you know what? I'm not playing this anymore. We are meaning business. Let's be the Aaron's and hers and hold up whatever hands he's telling us to hold up. Let's do the work of the kingdom. Put God first. Think how we started this message and we'll finish this up. How was your year spiritually? If you were apathetic or inconsistent, then many of us could say, oh, that was me. Do you think Jesus died so that you could just limp along and have another year like that? The, enemies will all, the enemy will always want to keep God second, third, or fifth. If he can't get him out of your life, he just, if he can just keep him not the priority, then you're not as dangerous. Don't give God your leftovers. Give him first. Give him prayer time in the first of the day. In the first of the week, I'm going to make sure I'm going to church. You know, when we even go on vacation, if we don't go to church somewhere, we, we try to have church with our family in the cabin or wherever we're at. I mean, it's just, you know, you might not be at a place where you can find a church or whatever, but it is important that you seek God. In the month, every time you get paid, every time increase comes in, we give him first portion. We tithe. And in the year, we fast and get direction. We set the tone for the pace for the next year. Brett, that's not normal. I don't know if you've noticed, but normal isn't working. So we've decided to be weird and do it for God. Bottom line is, if you want what you had, do what you did. But if you want something you've never had, you've got to do something you've never done. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be sincere. You just have to, God, I'm going to, give the, I'm going to do everything I can. And if you mess up, maybe one morning you sleep in or out of, you know, don't be legalistic. God's okay. Just, you know, then, then talk to him through the day. If one day you didn't read your devotion, you can catch up. It's not a big deal. You don't have to feel like, oh, condemnation. The enemy will do all of that stuff. When people say at the end of next year, man, what happened to you? How did you do that? You can tell that you can, this is what you can say. I just put God first. That's all you need to do. If you put him first in those four areas, it's going to take some work. It'll change your life. I guarantee it. Bow your heads, please.